Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us today on The Start, and thank you for all of your amazing text messages about garage sales, about experiences with the curbside giveaway weekend. They have been sensational. James with a great one. James says, I hate garage sales, but my wife and mother-in-law would insist on having them. The thing that drove me crazy was the early birds. You post signs clearly stating the start time, and inevitably there are always a couple of people who show up an hour early. The best one was one time at the lake. We were going to open up at 9 a.m. I'm out there at 7, haven't even had my first coffee yet. I'm setting up tables and sorting through stuff. The lady pulls up at 7.15, walks up to, and looks at the tables with only three or four items on them at the time and scowls. You sure don't have much stuff? I can't even remember my replies. I was so shocked by her statement, but I'm sure it wasn't very nice. <laughs> so thank you for that, James. That's what I'm saying. I said that at 645. I don't like the haggling. I don't like the attitudes. I just, I'm out. So thank you for joining us in these conversations and texting us and having some fun with us. And I think it's important that we have find a way to have fun because... You know, the emotional roller coaster that is Wave 3 continues to get more and more confusing, especially after yesterday's new restrictions were announced that take effect at midnight tonight. So we turn to our friend, Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, psychologist with Clinic Psychology Manitoba, for some guidance. Raymond, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. So, you know, you're a psychologist. It's up to you. Know, you, you help people with emotional stuff but what about you how are you doing with all this <laughs> yeah it, it it's um it it certainly is a burden to bear you know uh i i think that human beings myself included really rely on social support as a means of positive mental health but you know you slowly kind of peel that away and it starts to starts to wear on people raymond how important is it that we uh find time to laugh i think uh, i love the way uh, Brett prefaced and introduced you, you know, in these difficult times and and going into this long weekend, so many of us looking forward to it. But at the same time, I use the word dread at the beginning yeah. of the program. How, how important is it to, to find times to laugh? And do we have to feel guilty when we're having a good time right now? No, absolutely not. And I think people who work difficult jobs, you'll have to find they develop a unique or strange sense of humor. Because the, the way to cope it is is by having a sense of humor. So we've got these difficult times. Learning to laugh about it can be one of the best ways to cope. Uh, the challenge, I think, though, is that, you know, you know, as much as these restrictions are necessary, we have to understand that they actually wear away, wear away at people's ability to actually apply them. You know, eventually there's no, you know, that, that light at the end of the tunnel seems to be getting smaller. We, every time we think we have it, it kind of pulls back. And so that produces something called intermittent reinforcement, where we're not consistently reinforced for doing the good thing. And uh, that actually reduces uh, people's ability to stick to uh, a health order or a recommendation. And so, you know, I think as, as, as citizens, we can all do the right thing. I think we need to be looking to our leaders, I think, to be able to do the right thing to make sure that we're seeing a more positive outcome. And there's a lot of things that could be done. But unfortunately, you know, you'll hear me belabor the point that psychology or the mental health of, of people is not often stuck to when we're looking at these public health recommendations. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I think, you know, we were talking and we've said this several times over the past year and a half or so 
about the roller coaster of it all, you know, just when you think you feel like you're seeing the light and then the shade gets pulled down again and then the sun peeks through yeah. again and the shade comes down. And, you know, even just as adults, we're trying to navigate that. And then, and then I think of our kids about the information I no longer want to tell them because it's, it's too much, you know, to yesterday I said to my husband, we're not talking to the kids about whatever this four o'clock is until we know for sure what this four o'clock is because I was thinking schools or campgrounds or, you know, whatever it was. Oh yeah. And I thought it's too, they've had this happen too many times where mom has said, well, maybe, or I don't know what's going to happen or, you know, maybe next week. Like it's just a lot. It is a lot. It wears away at people. Absolutely necessary. I I understand these are necessary. Mm -hmm. We have to do the right thing, but, but you know, we can't not talk about the elephant in the room. And if we're not going to talk about the impact it's having on us, and sense of humor doesn't always work. Uh, sense of humor can be really helpful, but that means we do have to talk about the impact that it's having. And sometimes that means complaining. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that as well, too. Doctor, well, I think, sorry, I go ahead, just, sorry, Brad, I just wanted to jump in there because when it comes to the complaining, then I think I've heard this from a friend the other day that they feel such guilt when they complain because the, because the perspective is the situation in our hospitals right now and the people who are losing their lives and the nurses and doctors and therapists who worked off their feet and the, the yeah. pain that you feel for them. And so then you don't want to be the complainer because you know, you know that there's this caveat that it could be so much worse. Your pain is like, you can't compare pain, right? Like just because you have pain or somebody else has worse pain doesn't mean yours is less worthwhile. Uh, and I think that strategy of, you know, trying to remind yourself that it's worse out there it can work for a little while. But and nobody's saying that by you acknowledging your pain, you're minimizing the pain of somebody else. You're simply talking about the pain that you have. Um, I, we, we go through these ways of trying to shut down our emotions. And I don't think that's really going to be helpful in the long run. We got to talk about things, talk about them, laugh about them, complain about them. And in that process, we actually come up with really good strategies of ways to cope. You know, we think about, oh, yeah, what about this? What about this? But if we're if we're going to be all tight-lipped about it and approach this from a Ned Flanders perspective, that doesn't work. It doesn't. <laughs> Our guest is Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. He is a psychologist. And on the subject of, so we've, we've covered guilt, but what about may, empathy? Because, you know, all through this pandemic, so many of us, so many people have been reminding us to be kind and to show empathy. But at this point, what if you just don't have the energy for that anymore? What yeah. can you do to, to find some new energy? Well, I, I think being able to talk to people and their experiences is really helpful. Um, but but even then, like, I, you know, it's hard to... To, to bear the burden of empathy for other people. It's not an easy thing. You know, healthcare providers, uh, mental health care providers, I mean, it wears on them. I can tell you, like, they, we're inundated on our end with calls for service, and uh, I feel, like, incredibly guilty on a regular basis because I can't meet the need. I just don't have the space. I don't know where to put people. And that guilt can wear away at that empathy. But, you know... Uh, I think, again, if we acknowledge that we're tired and have a release for that, it can create a bit of space to bring some of the empathy back. I I think we expect ourselves to be, you know, superheroes when it comes to the emotions of all this, to be able to cope with all this. And I think there's an element of recognizing our humanity and, and the weight of all of this on us that can allow us to free up some emotional space to be able to then actually be more empathic. But if we're, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
if you're not taking care of yourself first and recognizing your own feelings, what are you going to offer to other people? You can't offer that empathy unless you're taking care of yourself first. Can't pour from an empty cup. I'm writing that one right right now. I'm writing it down, Raymond. Uh, before we let you go here, maybe some strategies, some advice, one strategy that we might be able to implement. Say we find ourselves in a situation like you just outlined. I can't meet the need. There's so many asks. How do you get within yourself, take a deep breath and go, okay, there's only so much that I can do and that's going to have to be enough. How do we get to the, get from the point you outlined to that point where we're comfortable with the amount that we're able to give? Well, I think it's about having a mindful approach to this. I think if we take this blanket approach of always doing this or not doing that, you know, this, this black or white approach, I think we can really get stuck and we have to realize that life is in the gray. And the way we navigate the gray is by always checking in with ourselves or where we're at. And I say to people, you know, like if you, you're going to check in to see what energy you have and you do something slightly above that. You don't go way above that. You go slightly above that. And that helps you build that energy to get to where you need to be. But part of being mindful is also recognizing where you're at and giving yourself room for some of those things. Um, I, I think that there are some healthy guilty pleasures that we can engage in that can be helpful there are some guilty pleasures that aren't so helpful that are not going to help us through this. And many of us will turn to substances, not a healthy, uh, you know, uh, or not a healthy guilty pleasure, but that will, that will hurt us and our ability to cope. Um, not that I'm the perfect example, but my guilty pleasure is the golden girls. Right. So like I just give in <laughs> and I, I, it's not something that's the best to watch all that, but I give in and I know it's a healthy thing, but I do that and it gives me a bit of space and it allows that. So, each and every single one of us will have our own thing. Look for a healthy, guilty pleasure uh, that can allow you to just unwind and cope. And sometimes it's about not thinking, and there's nothing wrong with that for a little while. So, Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, psychologist, clinic psychology, Manitoba, thank you very much for joining us uh, for this morning. Very important insight, sir. And you know what? Can I say one more thing? Thank you guys for being able to talk about these issues because I think that's a key strategy is to have leaders in our media to be able to talk about these issues so that, you know, the rest of us can kind of follow that example. So thank you. Well, thank you for saying that, Raymond. We very much appreciate that. And we appreciate everything you do for us and for the community. And if you have something to say about what Raymond just said, shoot us a text, 204-780-6868. The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. Shoot oh. us a text about your guilty show. I, I I have not given that one a shot yet. I mean, obviously since the days it was actually on. So I'm I'm already looking at my uh, which which what which app do I get that on? Amazon Prime, baby. Got it on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you guys. You guys are gonna get some random quotes for me later tonight. Okay. Golden girl quote. Hey, we gotta look. There's a hockey game tonight. <laughs> Review next with Kelly Moore right after traffic and weather next on the start. Thank you for being a friend.